0: This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner Podcast from Solar Power World. I am Solar Power World Editor-in-Chief Kelly Pickerel, and before we get started with today's interview with Creative Solar USA, a solar installation company based out of Atlanta, I thought I would bring in fellow Solar Power World editors, Kelsey Misbrenner and Billy Lute to talk a little bit about the industry. So, hey guys. Hey. Hey. Coming up with uh, Creative Solar USA, we talk a little bit about new products entering the industry and kind of when installers decide to switch to something new and how they get comfortable with things. um, Creative Solar USA, they have a mock roof in like the back of their warehouse area. And so they can try out new products um, for rooftop installations there and get comfortable with them. And it just kind of got me thinking about how the industry is evolving and when products demand changes. And one of the things that I've been looking at is bigger format modules, uh, modules using larger solar cells, and they are just physically larger modules. They're not going to kind of install in the same ways that a uh, traditionally sized modules are being installed. And I know, Billy, you just recently completed a trends piece for our upcoming January issue of Solar Power World, and you actually looked into how mounting systems are evolving to fit those larger format modules. I thought maybe you could talk a little about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I was uh, reaching out to um, racking companies and picking their brains, what was kind of on their minds going into 2021 bifacial panels are on everyone's minds but they had brought up something larger format modules and how that's affecting their racking systems and especially putting a lot of strain on end and mid clamps it's a it's more of an issue for manufacturers who don't tailor make their systems on a per project basis for companies that have sort of prefabricated systems that are going to go up on a pitched rooftop. They're designed for a specific module dimension. And now we have companies like uh, Canadian Solar who have just released models of modules that are pushing like 650 watts and they're like 94 by 51 inches. And um, if you want to do the math on that, that's like taller than me, who is a <laughs> six foot seven person um, in a module.
0: You are the, the, the tall man of solar. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's, um, it's a concern because um, you're ha- going to probably have like the same number of end and mid clamps than you would on uh, your previous system on like a smaller format module, but in turn you're going to have a larger um, surface for wind uplift and that's going to be a big concern
0: yeah that's I th- that's probably similar like with tracking systems if they're going to use larger modules, I would assume that would kind of be a similar thing like just distributing that way and where to position them on the the main bar to make sure that there's no wind uplift. So yeah, I could definitely see some you know some some general changes that have to happen to other products when you put in a, a new product like uh, a larger format module for sure. But what about you, Kelsey? I know that you kind of work with inverters and and electronics and stuff. So what are you seeing?
2: So the biggest trend I saw in the uh, power electronics space um, going into 2021 is that since more states are adopting the new NEC 2017 code um, that requires new
0: rapid shutdown methods, more rapid shutdown device manufacturers are
2: entering the market and they are... um, Very, some of the devices are kind of similar. Some are different, some are inverter agnostic and work with any brand of inverter and then others, only work with specific ones like generax, um, solution. Mm -hmm. Some are solid state like IMO automation and then others are mechanical. And that would be like AP systems offering. So the good news is installers have more options now to satisfy rapid shutdown. Um, They just have to choose which is the most cost-effective and uh, reliable
0: for them. Yeah, and probably time-wise too, labor-intensive if you have to be attaching, you know, specific little devices for each module or each system. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely, it can add some time there. Well, cool, yeah, so just thought that was kind of a, a quick look into into the industry and and yeah, there are a lot of different products that installers can try out, like if, specifically if they want to use rails or railless systems on rooftops, but then there are new products coming out that kind of trickle into the whole installation picture. So, thanks, Billy, and thanks, Kelsey, for, for giving us that outlook. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, and now we'll get started with the Contractor's Corner podcast, but first we have a message from a sponsor. This month's edition of Contractors' Corner is sponsored by Rooftech. Rooftech Rooftech's self-flashing solar mounts, such as the RT-Apex and the RT-Mini, are improving the lives of solar installers with more efficiency and faster installation. Rooftech, the global pioneer of waterproof flexible flashing since 1994. For more information, visit rooftech.us. That is roof-tech.us. Thanks again to Rooftech for supporting Contractors' Corner. Okay, well, let's get right into the interview. Today, I'm talking with Russell Seifert, who is CEO of Creative Solar USA, a residential and commercial solar installer based in Georgia. So thanks for talking to me today, Russell.
2: Very, uh, very excited to be here talking with you. Happy New Year.
0: Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. So tell me about Creative Solar. How did the company get started?
2: Uh, We started the company back in, uh, I believe it was June 2008. So we're a little over 13 years old. Um, I was in the automotive industry for a number of years, and um, kind of ironic is that, you know, as my kids were getting older, when you become uh, a little bit older, you become a little bit more conscientious of certain things around you, one of them being environmental, but also um, you're looking farther beyond when you're even going to be on the face of this earth and what things could potentially be like. And uh, when I started looking and researching solar, I saw how big it was in California and Colorado and New England states, and we didn't really want to leave. And all the were were just mom and pops, you know, one man operations. And the economy is in the tank. So I looked at my wife, I said, the only direction I really see this industry going is up. And so uh, that's kind of how we started off. you, know, you go a number of like almost close to a year when you're in a very, very politically drawn state and you, you don't collect a paycheck, but um, we uh, have, have been very, very blessed. Uh, we've got 43 people in the company uh, and about three or four people that are uh, independent contractors that consult and work with us. And um, we've got a great bunch of people and uh, we're doing about 250 residential installs a year and we're doing a about two megawatts of, of commercial uh, installs a year. So that's based off of just last year alone. So um, every year you, you grow a little bit, nothing too drastic. And um, um, we've really, really enjoyed uh, this journey.
0: And are you working just within Georgia state lines?
2: No, we've, uh, we've been sought out by a couple of uh, organizations. We did stuff as far west, as far as uh, Lake Mead National Parks doing solar canopies. Uh, to DoD projects, um, we do stuff in South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Alabama. We got a little heavy in South Carolina in the residential program a couple years back, and uh, we've kind of refocused our our, our core in Georgia uh, with the new net metering program. Uh, so that's also taken off very well. So uh, we do the surrounding states of the Southeast.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Since you're doing both residential and commercial, what do you think is your expertise? What is Creative Solar known for?
2: Uh, The quality of our work, uh, the passion of our people, uh, their commitment, and uh, the number of years we've been here. Uh, We've got people that have been with us 10, 11 years. And these are experienced people uh, as far as NABCEP certified installers, engineers, our electricians. The same electrician that helped me with our first project, which was an off-grade house back in 2009, he's still here and he still oversees everything. Mm-hmm. Alan's been great. Um, I think it's our level of expertise, um, our knowledge of the industry. I like to kind of label our, cons- our, our sales reps or consultants as solar educators, because if you educate the customer more than anything else, it's, it's a no-brainer, it's a real good decision process Um, and they stay very professional.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great to have such longevity, like you said, to have people stick with the same company, too. That's wonderful.
2: We've been pretty fortunate.
0: (laughs) So you are working across the southeast, but what is the Georgia solar market like? I've I've noticed there's been a lot more, you know, large-scale project announcements recently, like with the Facebook data centers nearby. But what is, in general, what's the Georgia solar market
2: like? The Georgia solar market for the residential area opened up to some extent because the utility company, which is Georgia Power, which is pretty much the, and I don't mean it in a demeaning way, they're they're the monopoly of the state. Uh, They pretty much control regulations and what have you. Our Public Service Commission and myself with a bunch of other people on some organizations, we lobbied and testified and were able to get to a true net metering program prior uh, any excess energy that was being sent back from the major utilities here, you would get about three and a half cents in relation to the 12 cents that your normal retail rate is. So that has helped a lot and because of that, we've gotten a lot of competition from surrounding states as far west from even Texas. And they're they're coming in. Uh, I think competition is good. It pushes you in that more competitive level uh, to, to do your best to stand out and not over-promise and under-deliver. So the market has definitely picked up on the residential area. The commercial area has picked up significantly, where commercial is almost 50% of the our company's revenue. So um, we've been very fortunate on that. We've gotten with some major Fortune 500 companies uh, from long over the years of rela- uh, relationships, and they're asking us to manage their um Renewable portfolios for their other uh, offices throughout the country. So we've been very, very fortunate in that part as well. Mm
0: -hmm. So you are part of the Georgia Solar Energy Association and you mentioned that you, you know, helped lobby for those those rate updates. And why do you think it's important to have an advocacy role in the solar industry?
2: Well, because it's so new. Um, I think if you're involved in, in, in the renewables, you need to participate in your local chapters, and then you need to participate in the national chapters for the sole reason of networking opportunities, and you learn what other states and how other policies are being pushed and driven. And you can take lessons from where other organizations, and I will tell you, I've traveled out to Texas and attended their their meetings, and I learned a lot and brought them back here. And such as, you know, Texas has a statewide permitting program for solar. Hmm. Why can't we do that in other states? And and and, and Texas had uh, incentives. Just they only started that maybe about four or five years ago. Where Georgia had a solar energy tax credit back in 2008, and it was hardly used up. It didn't get used up the first two years, so. I think it takes a, a lot of collaboration, sharing ideas, and then you've got to bring those ideas into the culture and the economics of where you do business at and see how you can make it work, because just like permitting, and I think everybody that is listening to this podcast, permitting is different from every municipality that you go to. so yep. don't, don't don't try to have something boilerplated. <laughs>
0: So yeah, having that, uh, that learning opportunity, I guess, to see what's going on in different areas and kind of leads into my next question that there are new solar products coming out all the time. Like for example, there's new ways to do attachments and and flashing on roofs. So how do you get comfortable with new products and and maybe what's the process at your company for deciding when it's time to try something new?
2: Well, when we have, people bombard us almost daily with with uh, roofing attachments, uh, racking products. <laughs> um, you hear about uh, new monitoring services, et cetera. And um, one of the things I learned, uh, I thought a way back, is that I didn't want any of our clients to be guinea pigs on like a beta project or a beta material. Mm-hmm. And so we'll typically wait for the second generation to come out and see what their challenges were on the first uh go around and see where they end up on the second one of them being tesla we didn't become a tesla dealer till just last year in august and they asked us why and i said well you guys are having problems you're also having issues with your delivery times and uh, when they said and we how about if we can prove to you we can get to you in 10 days i said i'm game and they did that and they followed through well of course this august everybody knows that you can't get tesla's till q1 of this year so
1: Mm -hmm. you know
2: it happens Um, When it comes to uh, roofing, uh, we have mock-up roof uh, that we do our training with out back, And so when we we get a new product, we'll have them send us samples, samples, and we'll ask the team, what do you think about this? And they'll look at it and they'll see if it's time effective as far as the installation, is the quality of it, of the material and the, the process in installing, is it more time consuming, or is it any better than what we're using? Is it universal? Uh, with other other manufacturers. And sometimes we'll have good responses and other times we'll get, meh. <laughs> yeah, know? But I will tell you, just like, you know, installers, just like other people, they don't like change. <laughs> and so sometimes change has to be introduced, sometimes sold in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we've been pretty fortunate. We'll try some other Uh, rooftop ballast installations on the commercial jobs and the guys will come back say, Oh, that was a real pain in the butt. We like the other ballast uh, system over the other. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of trial and error and just, just trying things
2: out. There definitely is some trial and error. And then when you have all this new monitoring software now for energy storage uh, and and the manufacturers do firmware updates and people's systems shut down, the the phone starts ringing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how has Creative Solar become comfortable with energy storage? I mean,
2: it's it's a whole new learning process itself. Uh, we actually, we've been pretty lucky. a storage market, um, I don't know how or why, but um, in our storage market, we have about a 77% market penetration with anybody that does solar with wow. energy storage. So we've been very, very fortunate. Um, we sell a lot of Teslas, but I will tell you, we sell... Uh, Our people, we do very well with Sonnen, we do very well uh, with Panasonic's Evervolt system. That has really, really come around. It's a phenomenal product. Um, We've actually done, uh, we're finishing up another off-grid house with a Panasonic Evervolt. So um, energy storage, uh, it's a technology just like solar where it is constantly changing and evolving and improving. So. You know, if people are just wanting to wait till the next thing comes around, you're going to be an old person by the time you make your decision. <laughs> uh, you need to just commit and go with what what's, what's working currently that has a good track record. But um, we've had very good success uh, with energy storage. Uh, we've got the good, qualified, trained people here that know what they're doing, and we have depth. Uh, of technology knowledge here. So if one person in house doesn't know it, then somebody else usually is, is able to figure it out and or uh, troubleshoot it.
0: What is your outlook on the residential battery market in Georgia? Since since penetration is so high, um, why is that? Why are, are people just very knowledgeable, educated on what storage can offer them?
2: There was an article I read, and you know, solar and storage. Solar is your hardware; the storage is your software. It allows you to manage your own energy even better. Mm-hmm. And because the cost of it has come down, and I have to give Tesla kudos because of that brand it has really created an influence into the storage market. So, with saying that, um, a lot of the other manufacturers said, Hey, you know, storage is really picking up. We need to work on that. Uh, we've had some serious storms come by.
0: Yeah.
2: But one of the other thing thing I think that there's an underlying toe and that is, is that a lot of people think that there, instead of, uh, our nation's having a physical war, things are more of a technology war and, and a prime example is what happened to, uh, the hacking that happened in the United States before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, you know, right now they could probably shut our grid down using software and hack it. People want this sense of security. They mm-hmm. really do. And you'll, you'll find that there'll be other reasons as to why they say it is, but I think it's more of a sense of security and being able to, to have some energy independence.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw that Creative Solar, you guys are working with Lumen, this hardware software combo that kind of, that makes circuits smart and allow for actual whole home backup. And I'm wondering, has that helped your storage sales conversations? I know that's kind of a a trouble point where people think they get a battery and then they're just like, good to go. They could run their whole house on it.
2: Yeah. There's also still some folks out there that are told that when you're when the grid goes down, you still have solar, it still works right. For you. Right. No, sorry folks. Um, yeah, Lumen is has really helped out. It has definitely pushed it uh, um, because you have some people that they wanna be able to have a little bit more control over what they want their energy storage to support if the grid goes down. Um, and you have to have a real hard, honest conversation with that client and you have them sign off because otherwise, they know that they could damage that energy storage system if they don't manage that themselves
1: mm-hmm. so
2: it's real important to educate your customer above and beyond what you probably think so this way if the grid goes down and you're sitting there with a lumen system and you're manually figuring out what you want to use you you've got you've got to have some tech savvy and understand that um, some of the energy other other energy storage providers such as uh, you know, those that I mentioned in the in the past, mm-hmm. um, uh, they have it to where consumers can't mess with it too much to where they'll damage it, and they're and this way the consumer can't uh, complain uh, until the technology gets a little bit more streamlined. I think uh, uh, lumens a good way to go, but you've got to really qualify that your your clients before you implement that tool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. It's, a, it's getting to be in a geeky world on solar. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I know. It seemed like, you know, you start off and you think it's just going to be this construction job. But then, yeah, you have to get into all of this high tech stuff. Oh, yeah. And,
2: and let me tell you, you, you touch something. A lot of people think getting solar is like just having somebody come in and putting a deck on. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's not the permitting alone is the biggest holdback and time-consuming thing. And people say that a permit should take only twenty-four hours. With any and with COVID, that's just icing on the cake. It just puts it even longer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. There's still a lot of room where we can improve on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We just recently got a two-year extension on the solar ITC at at 26%. And I'm wondering, does that change your marketing or outreach efforts? Are you expecting, you know, sales to increase pretty easily now, not really having to go out there and explain things? How about that?
2: I mean, that (laughs) was just, you know, a lot of people were being very optimistic. And I said, well, let's just, I'm a little bit more conservative on that aspect. And uh, wow. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a very nice uh, Holiday gift. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, we were anticipating a big push because of the ITC going away on residential. And now with this, uh, we see people taking their time a little bit more, not feeling rushed, which is fine with me. We don't do pressure sales. And uh, I think because of that, we're changing our strategy a little bit different. Uh, We actually had uh, two meetings Monday. Uh, consisting of about five hours or so uh, about our marketing strategy and and the way we should move forward. But I think people are comfortable, confident, and I think you'll see some people have more confidence going and having solar just because of the two-year extension.
0: What are your general thoughts on tax credits? Do you think the solar industry needs them?
2: I still think they need them. I don't think they need them as bad, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think they need them. And, And some people may differ, but I don't think we need rebates um, we have enough debt in our country uh, right now due to the pandemic, but I think tax credits are a good incentive for people. And, and unfortunately, I know some people in the lower income housing, they want rebates or something of that nature. Solar and the cost of solar will come down to get to that point where we can get to the, to the below uh, average income. It takes time. And I'm going to use an example is Moore's law with laptops and PCs. When they came out, when i was in high school and i'm dating myself now you know if somebody had something like a a computer in their house it was like three four thousand dollars you're like wow you're really rich you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. over the course of time you know as production increased at the the law of economics you know the cost came down prices were driven down look at what solar done since the 70s solar has dropped 300 percent since i've been in the market 13 years, we've seen the cost of an installation go down 60%. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. It may not happen as fast as we would like it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's 2021, but we're still in the middle of this, this COVID pandemic. And I'm wondering how has the pandemic changed things for your business? Is there, is there any new practice practices that creative solar that's has adopted that you're going to continue once we're out of this?
2: We have a very, Uh, the people in our office are very much in communicating person to person. And that has hurt. And because of the number of our staff, we have had some key people that have contracted COVID. We had to shut our entire electrical team down for almost a month at one point. Um, And we've had some other key people. um, But because of video conferencing, uh, emails and telephone, you know, you've got to learn to adapt. If you don't adapt, you're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the solar market, you know, we call it the solar coaster. So, this is just one other attitude, we yeah. can, you know, adapt to. So, I think um, because the way the solar market has been, where you have to adapt to things changing on a constant, the COVID thing was not that big of a deal. But where the challenge was, was outside the permitting, uh, getting people on site to do any special analysis uh, uh, as far as government employees. That was a real challenge so we're doing good uh we limit uh the number of people in the admin area to i think three a day um and in our operations and everything everybody's you know wear the mask respect each other and um moving forward
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well what else is creative solar hoping to accomplish this year and maybe maybe into the future
2: people always want to be able to grow and uh, create opportunities for the people inside their company And that's what we're really focused on this year is to get the existing people that we have within our company to grow on a personal level to where they're still passionate, they're engaged with us, and to create a stronger position to where it allows us to grow in uh, outside states. And one of them we're looking at is Colorado as well. Uh, We implemented, we are implementing a new ERP, which is a cloud-based platform by NetSuites. Um, It has been a serious learning curve, but if we are to grow and to become more efficient, these are some of the things that you, you have to start thinking about as a business owner. And you've also got to get your people on board and you've got to have your people also staying up to date and trained to where when you grow, they grow with you if you keep that person in that same position and they don't grow with you you've got to make a couple of decisions you've got to say okay if if you're not going to grow with us you you've got to help us somehow or fashion or unfortunately you have to make changes but our people have been very adaptive Um, they have grown Uh, they've created their own positions they've created their own um, uh, group uh, sales team Uh, uh, and i think it's really important that you Uh, find the people that are engaged. You find the people that are passionate and committed and you let them take the ball and run with it sometimes. And it's amazing what some of these people have been able to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, good luck to you. It sounds like you have some, you have some big plans (laughs) ahead of you. do. do.
2: (laughs) do. I
0: I really enjoyed talking with you today, Russell. Thank you so much.
2: Kelly, it's been a pleasure and you have a great 2021.
0: All right. Thank you, you too. This has been another edition of Contractor's Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. solarpowerworldonline.com See you back here next month.